Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? What has been happening? First of all, I'd like to say thank you so much for all the love on last week's podcast. So many people listened to that episode and uh, really enjoyed it, which means so much to me as that whole episode was about thanking you guys for following along and listening to the podcast. So to thank you all, today I have a super interesting podcast, one that I thoroughly enjoyed researching and learning about. I've kind of talked about it before on the podcast, but I think it is something a little bit different, deserves a little bit more attention and one that I think most people find really, really interesting and as well based on the statistics of the podcast and how each episode does people really like this topic. So we're talking about today why calories don't count. And this is based on a book by Giles Yeo and I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he is a fantastic fantastic researcher. He's a fantastic communicator. One day I really hope I can present like that man, but it was I mean I I was learning about it. I watched uh, I read a couple bits. I also watched a uh, webinar around this topic and for the podcast and it was so interesting and I really enjoyed the way he presented so give him a little shout there and if you would like to read this book which is this podcast is based on I will put it in the link in the description. So first of all I think let's talk about what is a calorie and I think most people know what I mean when I say calories and we know what I'm talking about there but calorie and the word calorie actually means a couple different things and it originated as a measure of food and also the absorption and um, amount of food through burning food so I'll talk about that a little bit quick little sciencey bit here but there's actually two meanings of the word calorie so a small c calorie is a measure of heat so this basically refers to the amount of energy required to increase the temperature of one mil of water at one degrees at sea level so that is actually a measure of heat but a calorie and you know a food calorie so the calories we're talking about today is very very similar although it is a energy that is required to increase the temperature of one liter of water at one degree sea level. So very, very similar, but they both are talking about very different things and one is specific to food and that's what we're talking about. So basically the way they've measured calories is by putting food into this type of mechanism, into this type of machine that will increase the amount of um the temperature of water uh, for certain amounts of food and it's highly complex I wouldn't know how you would go about actually measuring a calorie but we have done this for pretty much no I think every single food that exists we have done this and figured out the calories in that food and it's been it's probably been done over a hundred years ago actually I think it is exactly 110 to 120 years ago where we did this and began this process of understanding what a calorie is and how much calories there are in food. So that's very interesting and not necessarily what you think is associated with calories. You think maybe it's just, you know, the unit of measure in a calorie. But of course, if you actually think about it a little bit deeper than that, we are thinking about a calorie as, you know, what even is that? How is that measured? And that is how it is measured. And it's probably very complex and very difficult to emulate, but we move and it's on every single packet that you can find or you can Google the calories in absolutely any food and it will come up on Google. So we have an absolute massive bank of information when it comes to calories in food. I'm not even sure 
if there are any foods that haven't been, you know, equated to the calories within them, but there probably is somewhere. So that kind of is the basis of what calories are. So why on earth don't they work or why don't they count and why are they not important when it comes to weight loss? And I think it can make sense in a couple of different scenarios, but in most of the time, it doesn't really make much sense to count calories or to be overly concerned about calories. And I think the way that Giles describes this is a really, really accessible way of understanding why counting calories isn't useful and a lot of the times completely futile and very inaccurate. And I think it's a great thing to share on a big scale, like on a podcast and disseminate this information because it's so useful to get your mind around this concept and why maybe focusing on calories is a lot more you know, harmful than it is useful. So the real way that calories works is if you are comparing the same food with the same food. So say if you've got 100 grams, well, 100 calories, say, of chocolate. And then I said, right, here's 200 calories of chocolate. That and the exact same chocolate, the exact same food product, that would be double the amount of the initial 100 calories of chocolate, right? Yes. So we can talk about it in that way. If you're thinking one food, so right, I'm going to have 100 calories of chocolate, 200 calories of chocolate, the same chocolate would be double the amount. But a lot of the times, I mean, never do we use calories as a measure of understanding weight. And we usually do that with grams or other metrics within the world. And we don't use calories to calculate the amount of weight of things. So that's the only kind of way that it makes sense. But if we're looking at 200 calories of chocolate and 200 calories of carrots, for say, is that the same? Do they equate in the same way for nutrients and for calories and also for weight loss and weight gain and all of that? No, absolutely not. 200 calories of chocolate and 200 calories of carrots are two very, very different amounts of calories, two very different things and will have a very different impact on your body, which is a really important thing to understand. So there's a couple different things here we have the number of calories that are actually in a food okay which we know to a certain degree but we can't have exact numbers we also have the number of calories that we have put on a packet and that's another measure that we have on the packet that might not be anywhere near related to the amount of calories you will actually retain from that food and that leads me on to the last point of this is how many number or how much usable calories do we actually get from the food that we eat? And this is where it's specifically important. So we obviously have the number of calories on a packet is say 100 calories for a chocolate bar. Don't know how realistic that is, depending on the size of the chocolate bar. One of those little slim dairy milk things, I think we all know what I'm talking about. You get them in like Christmas packets, they're really, really thin and really small and they're like 100 calories, I think. So if we take 100 calories of this, okay, how much of those 100 calories do you think you will actually absorb? And you might think, well, 100 calories, but that's actually not the case. So it actually takes a lot of energy to absorb food, specifically certain foods. So for something, this is described by calorie availability, a construct called calorie availability. So if you have this 100 grams, I keep saying 100 grams, 100 calories chocolate bar, and this is 
got lots of sugar in it, it's got lots of fat, it's got very little nutrients. It might even have a little bit of salt, it might even have some um, other components in there like chemicals, things like that. So 100 grams, oh my god, 100 calories of chocolate is very calorically available. So it's very available to the body and it absorbs around 95 calories of it. So of 100 calories chocolate bar, you are safely, you know, consuming 95% of the calories in that chocolate bar. And high sugar foods, so starchy carbohydrates versus refined carbohydrates, the refined carbohydrates, so things like white bread, pasta flour, all that, and chocolate, sweets, high sugar, refined sugar things, you're going to take around five calories to absorb those uh, calories and you're going to be left with the absorption and the consumption of 95 calories, okay? And then let's look at 100 calories of sweet corn. So the exact same amount of calories consumed in that tiny little slim chocolate bar to 100 calories of sweet corn, which is probably like one of those big sweet corns, right? And the difference here is that not all of the sweet corn is absorbed. And this is a really great example because if you have sweet corn at night, you wake up the next day, you're probably going to notice that there is uh, some leftover the day the day after, if you know what I mean. And we know that we don't absorb uh, all of the sweet corn that we consume. We also know this for quite a lot of vegetable matter, for quite a lot of vegetables. Our bodies do not fully break down and digest every single element of the food, specifically things like sweet corn. So you have definitely not absorbed 100 calories worth of corn if you're eating 100 calories worth of corn. And this is the important point, is that when we're eating things like that, like sweet corn, high in fiber, we're not gonna be having all of it and we're also going to be taking more calories up trying to digest that corn. So it really depends on what food that you're eating and particularly how long it takes to digest a food. So things like sugar, things like fat, they take less time to digest, uh, saturated fats, take less time to digest as well. And things like, you know, refined sugars, very quickly absorbed, very quickly digested. And then on the opposite end of that, things like fibre and protein, they take longer to digest and they go through more complex mechanisms that take more calories to consume and to absorb. So it's really important that we look at it in that way. So we don't eat calories, we eat food. And I think this is something we all forget about is that we are reading 100 calories on a packet, okay? But we are not eating calories, we're eating the food itself. And that's a more complex mechanism. That's a more complex digestive process that we don't account for the amount of calories it takes to actually digest those foods. And you do not, you don't absorb all the calories you consume. So you can safely say that when you're reading a packet, you're going to be consuming slightly less than uh, than uh, the what's on the packet. So you might be wondering, how much energy does it take to absorb food? How does it take to absorb all foods? So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about protein and fibre. These are two compounds that might take a little bit longer to digest than longer to digest as well as more calories to digest than you might think. So if we start with protein, protein is a complex, complex thing and it's involved in majority of your body, your cells, your hormones, your uh, neurons. Proteins are really, really critical in our body and they play like, I think probably the, the brackets is like six different functions. So they also have a 
another kind of byproduct of protein when it's being absorbed. So when protein then goes into amino acids and then is absorbed, it lets off something called nitrogen and then urea, which is a waste product. So we need to get rid of that. And that kind of is a very, very simplistic summary of how protein is digested. And essentially, calories from protein also make us feel more full. This is also with fibre. So because of that complex absorption process with protein as well as fibre, but we're focusing on protein, it takes you uh, longer to digest, which makes you feel fuller. So that long digestion process essentially with that complex mechanism of digestion that is making you feel fuller by releasing hormones throughout the gastrointestinal tract more hormones that released that basically communicate with the brain to tell you that you're full when it comes to things like sugar first per se sugar is digest very very quickly and doesn't release as many hormones in the gi tract as protein and therefore you get less communications with the brain telling you that you're full so you might have had the same amount of calories but you have less communication and less hormones telling you that you're full and that you don't need any more food and that's why everyone bangs on about all the time having more protein if you're trying to lose weight because it does make you feel fuller for longer which is really really important when it comes to weight loss but also health management there's also something else that goes on with protein that's specifically important obviously that complex digestion process and if you're looking at 100 calories worth of protein if you ate 100 calories worth of protein you would use around 30 calories of that 100 calories to digest that protein. So you're only getting around 70 calories worth if you're eating protein and it's digesting, which is really important because if you're using 30 calories worth to absorb that protein and you have the same 100 calories from sugar per se, you're only taking 5 calories to absorb that 100 calories worth of sugar. So what one would be a better idea for weight loss or for health? Well, the protein's going to make you feel fuller, so you're not going to be hungry, you're not going to want to eat anymore. And it's also going to be taking more calories up just by eating the food and digesting it than sugar would even imagine. And also it's going to make you feel hungrier. It's going to give you more cravings and it's going to make you feel way less, uh, you know, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry and you're going to want to keep eating more. And then on top of that, it takes a very little amount of calories to absorb those uh, calories. So that's why protein is so important when it comes to weight loss, but also the function of protein is really important. But I don't want you to kind of go away and think, right, I need to eat lots and lots and lots of protein. If you keep watching, keep listening even to the end of the podcast, I'll tell you a little bit more about how much protein you should be eating in a day and how important, you know, that kind of is not going over that, not going under that, that type of thing. So if we talk about fibre, fibre takes around 10% of 100 calories. So 10% in general of the calories so we're thinking around 90 calories uh, to that we're getting from fiber and that's taking around 10 calories to absorb so it's taking more than sugar and it's taking a little bit less than protein but fiber has this very very important role in making you feel fuller for longer fiber plays a really important role in that and if you're having lots of fibrous foods you won't feel the need to have lots of other foods in between if you're having three very rich in fiber meals a day you will probably not be thinking i want a snack all between every meal you're probably going to feel pretty full after your meals. And that's really important, really, really important. If you're feeling hungry all the time, you're going to eat more. That is just the way the body works. So 
if you're thinking about 95 calories from refined sugars and around 90 calories from fiber we should be eating the fibrous foods as well as that massive amount of benefits you get from feeling fuller for longer as well as the benefits you get from high fiber diet with things like the gastrointestinal tract as well as the longevity benefits associated with eating more fiber so so important so if you can make that choice between fibrous foods and then non-fibrous foods so a perfect example of this is white bread and brown bread always choose the brown bread option they taste very very similar still tastes great in the brown version it's also going to make you feel much fuller for longer as well as um, using more calories to digest it so that's really really important but fat's a little bit of an anomaly it usually doesn't take much to absorb so it's kind of around 98 to 100 calories you'll get from 100 calories of fat so again that's why most people will tell you to kind of stay away from fat in a big way but we do need fat please do not be scared of fat absolutely critical that we get enough fat so please don't be scared of it but if you're really wanting to focus on weight loss having a nice high fiber high protein diet will really help when i say high protein i do not mean hundreds of calories a day i will talk to you about that in a minute I'm not an advocate for super high levels of protein. I'd like to say that right now. <laughs> so with all that information kind of being spewed at you right now, why do certain diets work? And there is kind of a element of three different things that we can see in these diets that do actually work. So number one is that there has to be some element of calorie restriction in a diet to be able to see weight loss. Number two is that it's high in protein. And number three is that it's high in fibre. And if you look at any diet, so uh, any diet that kind of works, any diet that will be able to help you see weight loss, it has an element of at least one of these things. And the high protein and the high fibre will help you maintain a calorie deficit much, much easier. And then the calorie restriction one will just, you're just not eating enough. So diets work, you will lose weight if you're just not eating enough or if you're having a really high protein or a high fibre diet. And the high protein and the high fibre diets are a little bit better. And I would say, well, much better because you're not focusing on calories you're not thinking about calories you are just eating healthily and seeing the benefits because of the simple mechanisms that go on in the body i'm not an advocate for calorie restriction diets so things like weight weight watchers or shakes things like that never ever ever in my wildest dreams will i ever support that a small calorie deficit if you are aiming to lose weight can be useful but I'm not an advocate for focusing on calories at all I just think it's counterintuitive stressful and just not fun when you could be just eating high protein high fiber foods as well as um, nice high um, good sources of unsaturated fat and you will see the benefits of that but I think as well things like ultra processed foods they are particularly high in fats in sugars and chemicals and salt and very low in fiber and protein and nutrients so these types of foods are going to make you feel no different they're not going to make you feel full and they're also just going to take very little calories to absorb so you're pretty much consuming majority of the calories from these foods and you're also not feeling full from it at all so we really need to be careful with ultra processed foods when it comes to weight loss because they are so counterproductive when it comes to weight loss and health and of course sometimes ultra processed foods are totally okay in a diet as long as it's not all the time or you know every single day type thing and it is very much in moderation 
But I don't necessarily think it's about completely cutting out all ultra-processed foods. Uh, There's lots of issues there, but I do think staying away from those is the best kind of thing. And I think something that kind of is really important is that if if you actively look after your well-being so you're you know you're not sedentary you try to be physically active as well as having a really high fiber diet so things like mediterranean diet plant-based diets those types of things is what i'm talking about when i say high fiber so there's a lot of bulk in there and there's also a lot of fruit and vegetables and fiber and this is going to really help but if you're looking for you know really high fiber diet you're having a decent amount of protein in there and you're not having too much ultra processed foods your weight will look after itself and i think that's the most important message that I want to get across to you today forget about calories just lose them in your mind because they are so I mean the amount of eating disorders and disorder eating the concept of calories has created in the nation is unbelievable and we don't need to even think about them hundreds of years ago no one even knew what a calorie was so it's really important that we move away from calories and accept a new kind of era of Let's just eat nice, whole, enjoyable foods that are rich in fibre, rich in protein, rich in unsaturated fats, lots of micronutrients, and that is what's going to allow us to have nice nice levels of weight management and reduce overweight and obesity, as well as overall well-being as well. And that's what's so important. So I kind of, the kind of take-homes from, Giles uh, book as well as the kind of research that I've looked at the kind of sweet spot is of course 30 grams or more of fiber a day this is the recommended amount fiber is critically important for wellness for weight management as well as overall longevity everything to do with it fiber 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 fruit and vegetables beans nuts all of that good stuff less than five grams a day of sugar of free sugars so anything refined all the syrups, anything like that, try to keep that to an absolute minimum. Maybe think about reducing the amount of meat that you're having and possibly having a little bit more oily fish, things like that. And then trying to keep around 16% of your daily intake of protein. So that's around about 320 calories from protein if you're having 2000 calories. So it's not a massive amount and most people are not protein deficient in our current society. But having things like fish or meat, Beans, pulses, lentils, nuts, those types of things can be amazing, amazing for protein intake. So I don't mean just having lots of meat to get your protein. I think 100% have more beans, nuts, lentils, legumes, fish, a little bit of lean meats and uh, those types of things can be really useful to get your protein intake. But my main take home from this podcast that I want you all to focus on Forget about calories and focus on whole foods and a healthy lifestyle and your weight will be okay. And of course, trying to work on that societal standard within ourselves of needing to be really small for women, things like that, needing to be big muscly men for men, trying to work work on that within ourselves and realise that we do not need to be stick thin or massive and muscly to be really, really healthy. We just need to be a nice healthy weight with um, active lifestyles and eating whole unprocessed foods. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I really enjoyed researching this one. I found it absolutely fascinating. Thank you so, so much for listening. Please do remember to like, share, comment, anything you feel compelled to do. 
to help them out so much also don't forget to follow along on spotify and apple podcasts things like that it helps me so so much thank you again so much for listening and i will speak to you all next week bye